Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Ortiz finds it off center field. Damon run into the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but here comes a pizza. See it? This is our fucking city, and nobody going to dictate our freedom. Stay strong. All right, welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. Uh, Pete B will be joining us later. Right now, it's a full house. Pat's here. Tyler's back. Jake's here. Jake was actually just in my, at my apartment. Um, I was on FaceTime with one of my friends, uh, Coley. Coley Mick. We were just talking socks. What's uh, the name again? We, his name's Coley. Okay. Continue. Yeah. We were just talking socks. Um, little FaceTime call. Just talking some socks, which is what we're going to do here. We're going to keep the spirits high. Pat's yawning. Uh, I'm also tired. I didn't sleep very much last night. It's 11 o'clock on Wednesday night. By the way, bonus pod coming at you tomorrow. Fuck yeah. This is the time of year where you get... Way more Red Sox content because that's that's what the people want. Red Sox fans are like, content, content, content. They're like, we're watching all these fucking games and we love watching the games and then we can't get enough of the fucking team. So let's let's get some more fucking podcasts out there. And that's where we're at. <clears throat> we are uh we're out here talking socks and and that's what we're here to do. Pat, uh, thank you for joining us. This is your third straight episode. No, we're way more than that. Fourth? 
Yeah, fourth or fifth. It's way more. It's probably aggressive. Jake? But I think I think it's fourth. Fourth. Yeah, definitely don't try and take credit for fifth. No, because when you hit your fifth, that. which is tomorrow, you will get Pat's picks, the top five amendments. And the, the amendments that Pat leaves off are the amendments that he wants abolished. He does not want these amendments to exist. So Pat's picks tomorrow uh, on the bonus pod, you will get the top five amendments. Looking forward to that. Pat, you, uh, are you ready for this? You've, uh, you've had about three months to prepare. So it's the top five. The ones I have on there are the ones I, I You're I keeping want, those right? amendments, all the other amendments you don't value in any way. Okay. Yeah, I, of course I'm ready. I, 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 always, I always update my amendments list. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you love amendments. That's exciting. I love, there's nothing more in this world that I love than amendments. Do you love the DraftKings Sportsbook? Of course. We're, uh, we're about to be legal in Massachusetts. Did you see that breaking news today? I, I've seen a lot of breaking news about that, yeah. Yeah, Massachusetts. Here we go. So, uh, turn big league action into big winnings with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get any game, $100 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new customers can combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlays at DraftKings Sportsbook. You'll be able to bet on your favorite batter to hit a double, his next plate appearance, your favorite pitcher's next pitch to be a strike, and so much more. That would have been awesome to be able to do this uh, when Pat Light was pitching against the Angels. <coughs> you would have made a lot of money that night. You would have made a very predictable outing uh, against the Angels that night. It, it's he struck okay, out Jared, my You can just do that with... Yeah, it's okay. You can just do that with Darwin's and Hernandez moving forward. Correct. Yes, on the opposite end of the spectrum because he can't throw strikes. Pal Light was throwing strikes all over the place, striking out Mike Trout, uh, kind of. So DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code JARED. New customers can make any $5 bet and get $100 in free bets instantly. That is promo code JARED only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, Tyler, you were not here on the last episode. I almost called you, but it was, it was your girlfriend's birthday and you guys were celebrating. So I was like, all right, I'm going to leave him alone. But I feel like it's, it's, it's only appropriate to start this show because we did like, I think the last episode was over two hours and it was more of like a therapy event session about the Boston Red Sox. Uh, we're sitting here after losing both games to the Atlanta Braves and I'm going to take a, pa- a page out of Tony Maz's book. We did the baseball hour tonight on 98.5 The Sports Hub, and he opened the show essentially saying, at this juncture, it doesn't really make a ton of sense to talk about the X's nose and the games and what happened on the field. We can do a little bit of that for sure. Like, I'm not going to ignore like what happened, uh, but it doesn't really feel like the move to break down these games as if they matter right now. 
Uh, we can do a little bit of that if there's things that we want to point out. Uh, talk about Darwin's and Hernandez, Tommy Pham, home in three straight games. We can do that. Uh, but for right now, Tyler, I, I, I really want to know where are you at uh, with your baseball team? Sad, disappointed, um, still confused. You know, we're looking now, obviously, the Royal Series came and that was embarrassing for what it was, you know, dropping three out of four to one of the worst teams in all of baseball uh, and really losing those games in all different ways. You know, you can start with what Thursday night, Darwin's and Hernandez originally coming in that game. Uh, I didn't love that decision by Alex Cora, considering where your bullpen was at. You know, you win Friday and then Saturday, you get walked off, Whitlock gets burnt, and then Sunday, you get your teeth kicked in. I think it's more of what we saw in this series. This team is just, you know, some nights you're lucky if one part of the team is functioning somewhat properly, but overall, it's just disappointing throughout. Whether you want to go and talk about this bullpen that has a 7-16 ERA since the All-Star break, that's the worst in baseball by more than a run. Um, Stats had a great tweet on it today telling you just the whole pitching staff. They're bottom 25 in almost everything, and a majority, they're bottom 28. Uh, So it's just miserable. Really... You know, uh, the bullpen is what the bullpen is. It's been a problem the entire season. You know, I can shit on Darwin's and Hernandez, who has a fucking 21 ERA at this point. And, you know, you really have to be talented. Pat, I won't do it. I know you were being nice to Darwin's and Hernandez because you can relate to him. I'll say it. He fucking blows and he's horrendous. He makes Jake Diekman look like a god. And that tells you everything you need to know. Um, I, I just, I don't, he's not even pitchable uh, in the big leagues. And, it is what it is with him. You have Caleb Ort out there who he's just he's not in spots. He should be and he shouldn't be in this bullpen, uh, you know, realistically. But when Tanner Helk went down, that was just another nail in your coffin. When you had three arms in the bullpen, at least on a nightly basis, you could hope for one of them. Even if you burnt the other two, you don't have that anymore. You knew you were going to get swept in this series in the first game. The minute Rich Hill went four innings. You just don't have enough bullpen arms. And then offensively, J.D. Martinez, you want to show up? It's been two plus months now. You have done nothing. 217, 283, 357, 76 weighted runs created plus. Four home runs. Tommy Pham has more home run or has three home runs in the last three games. You have four since June 1st. Four. And you're supposed to anchor the middle of this lineup. I'm supposed to feel like the Red Sox are going to give you a qualifying offer at the end of the year. Fuck no. Not right now. You're not getting that qualifying offer right now. Uh, it's horrendous. There's just not really many positives with this team whatsoever. Um, I, like I said, I believe staying over the luxury tax is a major mistake for Heimblum. Uh, I'm, I've seen a lot of people start to jump on that and start to see the problem with it now. I'm happy people are talking about it, but for him to go and you know he spoke on the other podcast today talking about how much the bullpen needs a major you know rehauling. You did nothing at the trade deadline. You did nothing. And you're going to tell me you're pushing for a playoff spot? Spare me. Seriously, spare me on it. That's bullshit. You can't go out with this bullpen and hope they're going to win you games. And then you have this rotation. It's depleted as it is. Great. Michael Walker will be back this weekend. Whoopty fucking do. It's not going to do much for you. Mm-hmm. Um, bad, 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 bad. And I'm usually known as a homer, positive, whatever it may be. Bad, 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 bad. Thank you, Tyler. I'm sorry. Uh, no, don't apologize. Place. Please. Please don't apologize. Uh, I thought that was very well said. Uh, I was going to actually ask everyone here, uh, if there's one player, because there are many candidates, if there's one player 
that you could say this guy does not belong not just on the Boston Red Sox. This guy doesn't belong in the big leagues. And you can remove him from the Boston Red Sox right now. Uh, there are multiple candidates. Who's the one guy that you're like, that guy, get him the fuck out of here. Uh, Pat, I'll start with you. Uh, uh, there are a, a ton of candidates here. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I mean, the easy answer tonight is Hernandez. And yeah, that's the that's that's the layup. Most right? nights, or okay. every night, <laughs> we're very clear on how Tyler feels, <laughs> which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, when it comes to this fucking team, it's just like it's it, it's just just really inconsistent. Like, no one is really performing all that well. Like, I don't want to just single out one guy because, you know, when you're having a team perform this poorly all around, you know, a lot of people that could perform better and should be performing better because they're not being put in positions that they shouldn't be put in would be performing better. But you don't have, you know, as Tyler mentioned, a J.D. Martinez uh, doing what we expected a guy like J.D. Martinez to do. Um, you know, when you have a guy, when you have the anchor of your lineup not performing the way it, it does, that really cascades more than people realize. You know, it puts a lot of pressure on Xander Bogart. It puts a lot of pressure, you know, you know, Eric Cosmer, who's not, you know, a guy who really shouldn't have pressure on right now. Um, it. And then it just trickles down, and now you, when you have the anchor of your lineup not 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 hitting the ball, less runs are scored. Now the, there's pressure on the starting pitching, and when those starting pitchers don't perform well, then it, then because they have pressure on them to, to hold teams to runs they probably shouldn't have to hold them to, now the bullpen gets fucked, and now they have a ton of pressure on them. So it just everything gets. I mean, again, the easy answer is Darwin or Darwinson, whatever you pronounce his damn name. That's the easy answer, and that's probably the answer that it's it's. What we could all probably go get on board with that probably doesn't belong in baseball. I mean, I remember when I had a, a plus 20 ERA, the Boston Red Sox, I didn't feel like I belonged to Major League Baseball. So that's the easy answer. But I mean, this is from top to bottom, uh, just a lackluster team. It's just not a team that's going to compete. I, I don't think that what we've seen over the course of the last month and a half, this team is. Uh, you know, bottom feeding. It's not a. It's not a playoff caliber club. It's just not. It just. It just really isn't. It's unfortunate. So, I think the whole team needs to be sent to, sent to Salem. <laughs> so Pat wants the whole team demoted. Uh, Tyler, I'm assuming you're voting for Darwin's and Hernandez. Yeah, it's, it's definitely Darwin's and Hernandez. You have a 3:30 whip. Get the fuck out of my face. I, I, I can't stand for that. What That's was, just not okay. What was my whip, Tyler? Do we know? Let me pull that up, Pat. I, I have a hard time. <laughs> I bet it's better than that. I think it's better than that. Maybe it's not. I will, it could be. I will say, you know, <laughs> whether I'm paying attention to games or not, when things like this happen, my Twitter feed goes bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just like, blames you for relievers sucking. No, they just they compare it. They just say, well, <laughs> let's <laughs> Darwin's approaching Pat Light territory. <laughs> okay. And then I get so, to, let's hear it. Let's see. This will be a uh, fun game. Compare Darwin's into Pat. <laughs> Yeah, Pat. So for your career, you had a, it was two two eight zero, but pretty in twenty sixteen with the Red Sox, it was three uh, in twenty sixteen. Still better. Still better. Yeah, De- definitely better. So yeah. just from a pure from the outsider's perspective, looking in, the Red Sox, which is 
outrageous. This is, and I, I really, I, I'm sure this guy feels terrible tonight. So I, I hate to be happy, not happy, but like making light of the situation. But theoretically speaking, the Red Sox would have preferred my performance against the Angels than what Darwin's and Hernandez did tonight, mm-hmm. which is ludicrous <laughs> that there's ever a scenario in which my option was the better option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought you were pretty good, Pat. Thank you. Yeah. I think I was better than I performed that evening. Yeah, yeah. You got to look at the uh, peripheral numbers to really get mm-hmm. the full scope of Pat Light. Uh, <laughs> at least you weren't Vaughn. Like Vaughn Grissom took Darwin's and Hernandez to the fucking moon. He's played like twenty five games at Double A. Mm-hmm. Twenty five yeah. games. You struck my throat, Pat. Yeah, number 78 on Baseball America's list, number one for the Braves. Yeah. yeah. Darwin's and Hernandez, you're getting taken to the moon by him? I'm, I can't. I'm not going to sit here and defend Darwin's and Hernandez. I mean, I, I have the tweet from like, it was like two years ago, and I retweet it all the time. Like, there's two things that you need to know about Darwin's <laughs> and Hernandez. He has electric shit. He has no idea where it's going. And now I'm at the point where I, I want to remove the electric shit part of it because it's not very electric. He throws hard. But everyone throws hard now. Uh, yeah. There was a time where, like, there was there was some zip to his fastball, um, but now, like, you know, ninety seven doesn't impress the way that it that it used to in this league. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that being said, you you it doesn't take an expert baseball analyst or a, a one sixty two guy to watch Darwin's and Hernandez on a, on a nightly basis and be like, this guy is just not fucking good. Um, I didn't mean for this to be a beat down on Darwin's and Hernandez segment, but it looks like that's two votes for Darwin's and uh, Jake, who, who would you vote for? I mean, I want to pick somebody else, but Darwin's and Hernandez is fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, he gives up. He's an automatic walk. He comes in every night, gives up three walks and then just gives up an absolute moonshot. Yeah. If he's not walking people, he's giving up home runs. So it just, he's just so bad. Is that a new mic for you, Jake? It is. Where'd Looks you get good, that? Man. Is that a little DK job over there? Yeah, DK uh, opened their wallet for this one. Look at that. It's a nice little, it's a nice little mic for the kid. Um, I, I think that this conversation is completely different if we had it the other night. Like, I think everyone would be like, yeah, Jaron Duran doesn't belong on a big league roster. Like, he's in over his head and this and that. I mean, it, it, we could have this conversation on any given night in the past three weeks and we're probably picking a handful of different players every single time tonight darwin's and hernandez looked like absolute garbage but he looks like absolute garbage every time that he pitches this year he's been garbage and i i don't want to say i had high hopes for him i i i was cautiously optimistic uh because i am one of those losers that when they have the woo socks on nesson i'll sit there and watch and uh before he got called up the first time this year I think he struck out the side in order. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I completely, I mean, two years ago, three years ago, uh, he was considered like a, a, an option for as like a future closer. And I was like, okay, all right, let's see it. And then we didn't see it. We had the control issues is where that tweet came from. Uh, he was going to essentially strike out the side before he walked in a run. Um, and then he struck out the side in order in that one appearance that I happened to see before he got called up for the first time this year. So I was like, okay, maybe we've 
we've worked on the control issues a little bit. That's that's very encouraging to see. And ever since he's been called up, he's been statistically one of the worst, if not the worst, relief pitcher in baseball. But because of the lack of options that Alex Cora has to go to, I mean, I, too often I think that's where like the casual fan opinion comes into play that we will blame the manager for putting this guy out there. And it's like, well, you can't put Garrett Whitlock out there every single night. The offense isn't scoring runs. So you're not going to put one of your best relievers out there when you're down by three or four runs. Uh, I mean, luckily, Tommy Pham hit that home run to make it five to four. It's a one run ball game. And you can sort of mix and match from there with better options. But then Ryan Brazier, when you need a clean inning, it's like, all right, you're just going to fucking shit all over this and, and, and widen the gap a little bit more and undo the the momentum that Tommy Pham just put back into the Red Sox dugout. So I look at that when, when guys are like, well, why, why is a guy like Alex Cora even putting uh, a guy like Darwin's and Hernandez on the mound or Ryan Brazier on the mound? What options do you got? You know, like it's, it's, it, to Tyler's point earlier, uh, Heim did nothing to make this bullpen better at the trade deadline. And that's not like, and, hyperbole. And he, he legitimately did not do anything. And the main reason it's insulting, and I think we talked about this when we did our deadline podcast, at the beginning of July, when he did that little interview and everything, he was like, we're targeting like multiple relievers. Like we we realize we need bullpen help. And you do absolutely nothing. And like, listen, I get it. You got Garrett Whitlock back. That slightly changed the equation. You, number one, you still needed more. You needed more before the season started. And then you always had the potential of someone like Tanner Hout going down. So what do you do now? You know, you were pushing Tanner Houck in different spots to carry you and help you. You could push Garrett Whitlock. John Schreiber, I love John Schreiber. You can tell. They're getting concerned he's going to hit a wall. Um, and, you know, he hasn't been as sharp lately. Core talked about it. The fastball command hasn't been as good. You're like, you can only push these guys so far. And if you break them, then you're in, even, you're in an even worse spot going into this next season. Because you need someone like John Schreiber to anchor this bullpen going forward. Here's the other thing with this bullpen that I want to make abundantly clear is that you need like three or four more pieces. Like when I watch this club, like John Shriver, Garrett Whitlock, all these guys, yeah, they're they're cool and all. But these are the guys that are, you know, we're considering, yeah, they've been pitching well and they've been in positions to pitch in the ninth inning at times. But like they're not guys. They're not like, in my opinion, they're not like... Garrett Woodlock's you know, a guy. Garrett was a guy, but it's not like Craig fucking Kimbrell. And we're the Boston Red Sox. When I was in when I was in Boston, I was in that bullpen. I was walking out to that bullpen with fucking Taz going in the seventh, Koji going in the eighth, Craig Craig Kimball going in the ninth. Like, what the fuck do we have? Like, we have a bunch of me's running out there and hoping that they did somewhat better than I did. And I, that is to to have that in the bullpen, and then. Also claim you're you're targeting relievers, like they're they're either we're just being lied to, or his you know Heim, what Heim is attempting to do is getting people way cheaper than he than anyone else is attempting, and he's just losing out on all these bids. Uh, I don't really know what's going on, but we don't have a bullpen. Like, well, how you build like a really strong bullpen? Is a little bit of both of what you're talking about, Pat. Like you need, yeah, you need to like your Rule Five draft pick, Garrett Whitlock. Like you fucking found a, a stud for absolutely nothing, 
a John Schreiber who, I mean, no one knew who the fuck this guy was before this year. Like adding those pieces, but then having your lockdown closer at the back end. It's not like, hey, we found these guys who have become pretty fucking good for us. We're going to hope that they become Craig Kimbrell. Like, no, you need those guys plus the stud at the back end. And that's that's what they don't have is, um, you know, yeah, I think good that... Bullpen, a good bullpen is constructed with just like what I just mentioned to you what, back in 2016 when you have Taz, Koji, and 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 uh, Craig. Yeah. And you're, you're, you know what's coming 7, 8, 9. That, you know that. And, and obviously certain days... You, Yes. And then on top of that, you have a guy that's going to, that's going to be an innings eater. You know, the, you know, Clegg Buckholz goes out there, he struck, you know, struggles, gets only through two and a third. You need a guy to bridge the gap to make sure that we don't fucking crush our bullpen uh, for the nights prior. You need one of those guys, maybe even a second if you kind if a guy that can kind of extend, but hopefully you don't have to use that guy. You only use the other one. And then you have a John Schreiber. You have a Garrett Whitlock, who's a rule five, who the fuck knew this was going to happen type of guy that you throw out there and you have that guy uh, in that situation. Uh, you know, we don't have him as much anymore, but used to have a lot of le- at least at least one lefty specialist uh, in that bullpen. That it kind of completes the seven man group. We just don't have that. We're throwing. We're like Garrett Wiglock's a guy. No one fucking knew that, and now he is like the only fucking guy. <laughs> it's not. It's it, that's that's the guy that's like, oh wow, can't believe we did. We have that, and that's one of the pieces that's going to push us to a World Series contender. It's not the guy that's going to push us to a playoff contender, and him be the back end piece. You needed more than that. You needed more runs than that. You need obviously we needed some fucking you know lineup help too. We didn't see this stuff coming, and some starting pitching help. We needed a bunch of fucking help, and we didn't get anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, the Yankees essentially did it backwards, right? Like they, they went out there and they paid the big money for a role as Chapman and they expected him to be the guy. Then they signed Zach Britton, but he gets hurt. Uh, and then you just fucking fall ass backwards into Clay Holmes. And now you're asking him to be your closer. And for a long time, like he was unhittable. I mean, it, power sinkers at fucking 98 miles an hour. This guy was garbage with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And then he became a guy uh, with the New York Yankees. But then Aroldis Chapman shits the bed. And then when when Clay Holmes goes back to Pittsburgh Holmes, then what do you got? Well, now you have a big fucking problem. The Yankees have lost seven of eight and they have uh, they're what, 19 and 23 since since June 24th. I mean, you, it's it's not the uh, entirely the bullpen um, for the, re- the the reasons why the Yankees have been struggling. but. When you don't have that structure that we're talking about, it makes things a lot more difficult. And, and the Red Sox have not had bullpen structure for what feels like fucking three or four years now. Like even dating back to we we how quickly we forget uh, the the 2018 Red Sox were such a goddamn juggernaut, and they they throttled everyone in the playoffs. They did all of that without Craig Kimbrell. Like, Craig Kimbrell wasn't even fucking usable in that playoff run. Thank God. Thank God that Joe Kelly just flipped the switch, like, once the playoffs started. And it, I forget who it was uh, that, that called this meeting. But God bless whoever it was. This was uh, in September. The Red Sox bullpen. So, so September of 2018. The Red Sox bullpen was kind of shit. Um, and... Oh, man, I wish I remember who it was. It was a coach called a team meeting with just the relievers, put them in a room and uh, put together like a highlight reel video 
of all the Red Sox relievers from that year, like all their best moments, played it for them. When it was done, shut off the TV and he was just like, they're saying that you guys are the reason why we won't win a championship this year. You do with that what you will. And then walked out of the room. And then next thing you know, you've got all these fucking guys that were were not particularly spectacular uh, towards the end of that season. But Joe Kelly fucking flipped a switch in the division series and he never looked back. And then he turned that into a a big contract with the Dodgers. But uh, where would that team have been without a guy like Joe Kelly? But like right now, uh, the, the structure of the Red Sox bullpen is a major issue and I get it like with, with Haim and Tampa, like guys like Pete Fairbanks, you just pluck them out of obscurity and you put them in the, it's like, Oh, you can throw 98. Well, we can figure it out. You know, like it, if you can throw hard, like that's why they were called uh, the, the stable. It's like, we got a stable back there. Just dudes that blow 98. Like you wouldn't believe. And it's a problem when you get into the late innings against this team. And it was for the most part, uh, not a ton of names. I mean, credit to them. They made themselves into names. Uh, but those were guys that were plucked from obscurity. They had a little something that you could see. Uh, all right. Maybe they, they, they could, they could help us out in the back end here. Uh, and I think for the most part, the attempt to do that here hasn't worked out yet. Uh, to an extent, you know, on certain guys, it has like we've mentioned Schreiber. We've mentioned Garrett Whitlock. Uh, you're not going to get by with a bullpen of just two guys, especially two guys that aren't used to like, once you have, I I hate, I hate to keep bringing up his name, Craig, once you have a Craig Kimbrell, it's like this guy, he's done a full 162 before he knows what it feels like. Uh, he's handled being leaned on and depended on as the guy Schreiber doesn't know what that feels like. Whitlock doesn't know what that feels like. And he's not a traditional ninth inning, eighth inning reliever. Like you're using him in a completely different way than and not not saying that it's wrong, but you know, if you use him for three innings on a Friday night, well guess what? He's he's down on Saturday. He might be down on Sunday too. So you better use him wisely. You better fucking win that game when you deploy him. And that's just not what it what it used to be. No, it, it's not what it used to be. Also on top of that, and something I want to add to this bullpen piece is and I I personally and I've I've said it on the pod I I don't get the obsession with the Tampa Bay Rays model. It's never made a ton of sense to me. They don't win World Series. They don't win championships. Yeah, they save money. If you want to be a business owner, okay, yeah, you might make a ton of money and make more money because you're more profitable because the, the pieces you're out there are much more cheap, much cheaper. But you have to remember that the Tampa Bay Rays are playing in a Triple A fucking stadium. They're playing in front of 15 people per night, and it's mainly just the other team's fans. Um, they don't have a tremendous amount of pressure on you. When you come to fucking Boston, you come to the Bronx, you come to, you know, the Dodgers have done a fairly good job, but Dodgers also have a fucking crazy payroll and they pay superstars. Like when you come to these cities, it's not Tampa Bay anymore. You know, you have people, I remember going out for BP and like people were fan, friend, like friendly to me. They said, Hey, if you suck tonight, I'm going to boo your ass. Like it's, it's Boston's different. You know, New York's different. Chicago's different. LA is probably a little different, but LA is also kind of Hollywood. No one really cares. So it, you you have to understand that although it's great and it's a great idea to let's build the Tampa Bay model, let's go do this. 
you know, Schreiber, Whitlock, they're still proving to themselves. You guys don't understand the inner monologue these guys are having. I can tell you what it is. They're proving to themselves they can do this. They don't know if they can yet. But they keep going like, oh, I guess I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I feel like this has got to end sometime. And they hit walls. Something goes wrong. What has you, Whatever happens, happens. But you know, they haven't proved it to themselves they can do it. You don't want them proving it to themselves in high leverage situations in Boston market where a couple bad outings and these people are all of a sudden turning against you now. Like it's just a different a different thing. It's you're trying to win the World Series here. And the way to do that is go get veterans, go get veteran arms that know what the fuck they're doing, that come in and perform on a nightly basis. And nine times out of ten, they're better than these rookies that you're throwing in a rule five draft and you're throwing at the back end of your bullpen. I mean, how many fucking World Series caliber teams have Rule Five picks in the back end of their bullpen after being picked a year ago or whatever it goes ago. Whitlock, that's just not not how how it works. It just isn't, and that's why the Tampa Bay model is great on paper, but it just I just don't think it works all that well in big markets. All like the big thing for me is you just have to look across the field, and I think Alex Anthopoulos is probably the best baseball mind right now in any front office in the sport. Look at the like the veteran arms, proven arms they have. Kenley Jansen, Rossiel Iglesias, Kirby Yates just rejoined them. Another guy who has done his thing in the ninth inning before, as we saw. You know, that doesn't include Tyler, you know, Matzik, who was huge in the playoffs last year. AJ Minter. They, they traded Will Smith. They didn't even need him anymore. They sent him to Houston. Like, that's the stuff you see when a team's trying to push for a championship and trying to win a ring. And they realize the importance of having proven guys who know what it's like to be in that big spot to show up again and again. That's what Alex Anthopoulos did. To go get Rossi Iglesias when you already have a closer? To go pay Kenley Jansen all that money for one year, which Bloom could have done himself if he really wanted to, when you were already over the luxury tax, where adding an elite closer just pushes everyone down and makes life easier for you? Someone in Kenley Jensen who, listen, we know what the Red Sox have done to him, but knows how to pitch in those big moments? That's the difference. That's the difference between pushing in and realizing And The Braves aren't spending the kind of money the Red Sox are. You know, they went and got Colin McHugh for four million. And Jared, I don't mean to trigger you with that. But, you know, (laughs) but in terms of a fit, a guy like that in the bullpen is another name. Like there was value. There were options like that out there that Heim chose not to get. And there was a reason when Colin McHugh signed for whatever four million it was. Everyone was like, how did Alex Anthopoulos do this again? Like that's how many arms they have in that bullpen out of veteran names. You don't even have one of those guys. No. You know, you have Garrett Whitlock and you have Schreiber and you have Hoke. All guys who just have not proven it in the bullpen, you know, for years to come. And I think Garrett Whitlock could be an elite reliever. I think Schreiber's going to be a really good reliever. Hoke's good out there. When it comes to elite proven guys in the bullpen who have been there and done it again and again, the Braves have more than a handful. The Red Sox have zero. Right. Literally zero. Like, I, I... I don't know if that makes me sound like an old baseball fan, but I, I just miss having a two one run lead in the ninth inning and knowing who the fuck I'm getting on the mound. Like I just so miss does Alex that. Cora. And I'm sure he it. does. And and, and, I, and I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like our audience here is more in, in towards that line of thinking. Like I don't think we have a, a super um like analytical, like new age baseball fan type audience. I think we do come from a more traditional sense uh, in terms of the audience. I I don't want to put words in the mouth of our listeners, but I feel like it's the majority opinion that when it's the ninth inning, 
And the Red Sox have a, a tight lead that we all kind of miss. Like someone's music hitting. We all know who the fuck is coming out of that bullpen. Um, and we have someone coming out of the bullpen. But first, baseball and beer go hand in hand. And Blue Moon is the perfect stadium companion with its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual and authentic ballpark roots. In fact, Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first created at the Sandlot Brewery in Denver, Colorado. From the first pitch to extra innings, a Blue Moon guarantees a one-of-a-kind beer experience every single time. And let me tell you right now, I'm seeing all those tweets from people being at Red Sox games, going to Fenway Park, and they're tweeting us the pictures. They're all sucking down some ice-cold Blue Moons. We see you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for supporting the show and drinking those Blue Moons at Fenway Park. Or maybe if you're just watching at home. And you went and picked up some Blue Moon. We appreciate you guys as well. From its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian White is one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one-of-a-kind? Best served with a signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful hazy color. A beer this good only comes around once in a Blue Moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Break out of your same old beer slump. Blue Moon Belgian White is one of a kind every time. And Blue Moon Belgian White, you can get that delivered to you by visiting get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared to see your delivery options. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, we are now joined by Pat Light's best friend in the whole world. His name is Pete Blackburn. Peter. Peter, welcome to the show. It's incorrect. My name is Pete B. Pete B. Yes, Pete B. Welcome back, Pete B. Mm, would, would love to say it. I'm happy to be here, but let me You're tell not. you. What's your uh, what's your hottest take that you got burning coming in out of the bullpen right now? My hottest take is yeah. uh, consistency is overrated because okay. this team consistently sucks dick. <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> like I'm I may not be a 162 guy. But I've officially watched enough of this team to know exactly what's going to happen before it happens. Because I-, I was fucking like Nostradamus at the game today. <laughs> you went? Yeah. That's why I'm why late. You ju- why didn't you just fucking come over, you asshole? Because I, I went with somebody. So it's like, I don't want to make them Pete, hang out at your place. I don't care. I have nine TVs and I have so many Skittles. Pete texted the group text and he was like, yeah, like I'll hop on at like 11. By the way, it's 1140. And Pete yeah, was like, yeah, like I'm going to be a little man. late. So, uh, but you know, don't wait for me. He was literally 800 feet away. You could have just <laughs> fucking waddled your little ass over here. And whoever you went to the game with could have just hung out upstairs and had all the Skittles that they wanted. Plus nine viewing options. You're selfish. Maybe so. Maybe so. 
I have so many blue moons upstairs. I apologize. I wasn't thinking. I was waiting bad. for that. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah, right before, uh, what's his name? The, that rookie's home run. Yep. I was like, yeah, this would be a classic Red Sox just to fucking, this guy's first first day in the at the office hits a bomb. Literally didn't finish the sentence and he sent the ball to fucking Newton. Yeah. Never played in AAA. Didn't know he was getting called up until today, right? Vaughn, like yeah. what's his last name? Grissom. Vaughn Grissom. Vaughn Grissom. That's a very cool name. It's a Vaughn very, very cool Grissom. Name. Uh, and then, That's like an action then, like, movie actor. And then once they once fam at the home run, I was like, okay, this is cool for about five minutes, and then they'll fucking give up three, two or three runs in the next half inning. Happens every fucking time. Mm-hmm. So I can't even blame to be you. Here. I'm glad that that narrative died. I'm glad that the Pete is is a curse narrative died, and everyone was just like, the team just sucked. Like people still tweet me, you know, it's like, oh, it's the curse of Carabas bar, uh, leaving Barstool. That's why the team sucks. No, the team sucks because the team's not good. Yeah. That's why the team sucks. Well, it's funny now because like I'm still getting like the you fuck this team, but then I'm also getting like you fuck this team by stopping going to the ballpark. Mm. So it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's that's baseball fan one hundred and one though. It, it's it's never Heim constructed a poor roster or like these guys got hurt. It's uh, Jared left one company to go to another, and Pete. <laughs> Is going to too many games, but not enough games. That's, That's right. why this team is is cursed, and it's also uh, Jared didn't snort a cricket, uh, and the curse of Mookie Betts as well. There's a lot of curses going around. A lot of curses. Not enough adding. Maybe like maybe adding uh, some some bullpen depth would have alleviated some of some of the cursing that was going on. Um, Pat, how superstitious were you as a player? I feel like if you had any superstitions, they didn't work. I don't know if that po- last part was necessary. That wasn't necessary. You know what? I apologize. That was not necessary. Pat, I, would, I would also firsthand like to apologize for the, the ricochet shots that came your way because of my tweet from Fenway today. I just took a picture of Darwin's and Hernandez's ERA, and then everybody just started <laughs> tagging you in the replies. So I apologize for that. It was not my intention. <laughs> I mm. want you first off, mm-hmm. uh, Pete B. Great to see you. I just want to say hello. Too, I didn't get pal. a chance when he came in. It's great to see you, my friend. Um, <laughs> second off, that tweet I sent out, fun fact, originally a quote tweet of your tweet. And then I thought that it kind of implied the, a negative connotation towards you, which I did not want. So I just made it its own. Its I own didn't original even see tweet. your tweet. Yeah, I tweeted like I didn't want to say anything bad about the guy. But the reason I came out with that tweet was because of your tweet oh, and me okay. being tagged constantly. And <laughs> okay. I saw it and I was like, Jesus Christ. So I quote tweeted you, said what I said. And then I was like, um, people are going to think I'm uh, like against what Pete's saying. So I'm just axing Pete out of this. Okay. Um, so that's just kind of friendship that we have. That's right. Mm. Moving on, though. Uh, I was very superstitious uh, early on in my baseball career. And then I decided that it was almost like a like a like a crutch, uh, and I hated that. So my superstition turned into uh, not having any superstitions. So throughout my days, if I did something because I had always done it, I had to do something else. So if I always stood like if I was always you know with my throwing partner, if I was always on the foul line, the moment I thought, oh, I gotta be on the foul line, I would say, nah, I gotta switch. Because I didn't ever want to be 
like a guy that like had to have five red Skittles before, you know, he pitches that day or, you know, I, I liked having a routine, but I didn't want to be like handcuffed to the routine where I had to do it. And then I'd be on the mound later and be like, fuck, I didn't have a bacon, egg and cheese this morning. <laughs> that's why trap. That's why pools just hit me fucking deep. Like, that's must've been fucking, I didn't put salt, pepper, ketchup on it. Mm. So yeah, yeah I, you backed I wasn't- into your spot this morning instead of pulled in. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. So I and I was that way like in college. Like I had to have the same breakfast when I on my start days and stuff like that, and it just turned into too much. Mm-hmm. So uh, especially in a in a pro, once you get to pro ball, like like you have it's a long fucking season. Like having to do the same shit all the time that sucks. <laughs> I feel like that's such a baseball thing, though. I mean, maybe like there's definitely superstitions in other sports, but no one does superstition quite like baseball, and. I was for sure superstitious as a fan when I was younger. And then I just, I think I, for the most part, like there's, if I do have superstitions, they're always temporary. And I don't, it's, it's not even so much that I believe them so much as I don't want to hear the, blowback from people that are superstitious like wearing the fucking jacket last year i i wore it when the red sox were in houston i wore it in my apartment and i was fucking drenched in sweat and i was like i can't like what if i don't wear it and the fucking red sox lose and then i'm, I'm gonna get blamed for this so part of me is like i i don't know i i wouldn't consider myself to be superstitious but like i'll go along with certain superstitions if they're working can't um, can't hurt. Alex Ovechkin eats like a three thousand calorie chicken parm before every fucking home game from the same restaurant. It's just a fucking absurd to eat that much food on game day. Before Maybe it's you just go good. Play. And he uses that as an excuse. I mean, I, I'm sure it is good. There's no chance, regardless of like how lucky you feel like something makes you. You're not eating it before every home game unless you enjoy it. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Tyler, I feel like you probably had some weird fan superstitions throughout your life. Like I'll I'll say it right now. I during the 2004 playoff run, I didn't change any of the clothes that I was wearing, including my underwear. Like during the ALCS. During the ALCS like when the Red Sox won game 4, I wore the same shirt pants underwear for games five six and seven i was like I, i'm not running that risk like there's juice <laughs> no no Metaf- come excuse on, me hold wrong on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on painting the picture it's painting the picture there's continue metaphorical juice <laughs> in my boxers oh it's metaphorical oh I said it's metaphorical. I understand what you said, Jared. Does yeah. it make it better? Like a cell phone battery, I meant. <laughs> Ugh. My 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 underwear was charged up. So I had to keep oh. wearing it. I did it for the whole and like I was doing some crazy shit like like uh in between oh. innings I would have to do like a lap like downstairs there's like a there's like a pole in the middle of the like living room. And like after every inning, I would have to get up and walk around it, but I would have to go to the right and then around and then back to my seat. Like my mom, my mom watched 
the ALCS upstairs and me and my dad watched it downstairs. And after the Red Sox came back against the Yankees, like she wanted to watch the World Series with us. And we, we were like, no, you have to stay upstairs. Dead serious. Like she just stayed upstairs. And also the TV upstairs was uh, a little bit quicker than the TV downstairs. So she would like be like, fuck. Or she would celebrate something. And then we would get pissed off downstairs. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so there's a lot of tension during Your the 2004 Your mom was a fucking saint. Holy shit. I yeah, mean, like, even like, the fact that even the fact that you you allow your well, you're like 15 at the time. Yes, you allow your 15 year old to go two weeks without changing. His I don't fucking think boxes. they knew that. I don't think they knew that. I mean, they knew that you were wearing the same clothes for two straight weeks. Maybe, Maybe not the on boxers. the outside. I don't think they knew about the boxers. I didn't. I don't think they knew about the juice. Either way, the fact that your mom didn't put you up for adoption at any point is just fucking wild. What a saint. I love Ellen. She's so much. great. Yeah, she's the best. Uh, but yeah, she was. <laughs> she, we literally got so fucking mad because she would be like celebrating. She'd be like, "Shut the fuck up!" Like Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Damon would hit a grand slam in Game Seven, and it was a moment of elation. And we were like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> 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 But so for me, my mine is I have this old ass pair of Red Sox sweatpants, old as fuck. I got them when I was freshman in high school. Um, and you know, weirdly enough, it didn't start as anything that was super consistent. But whenever I wore them, something good would happen. I remember. So I got them originally during the 2012 season. The first time I wore them, Cody Ross hit that walk off home run against the White Sox, and I was like, "All right, as terrible as this year is, there's something special to them." So through 2013, a couple different moments, uh, you know, where they sparked something. The Mariners game where they had that huge walk off, the six run comeback uh, with Nava and everything. Wore them. I wore them that day to the Red Sox game um, while I was there. Wore them throughout the entire 2013 postseason. Great things happened. Still fit me all the way up until eh, they're a little tight these days up until this past year. They've deteriorated and they brought me a lot of good luck throughout 2021. But at this point, legit, if I put them on, my dick will fall out the bottom of them. Humble brag. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you. Thank Just, you. Yeah, thank I you. got these boxers, right? And I put them the on, ankles. my fucking dick comes out the bottom. Please, sweatpants, sweatpants. Let's keep this context important. Yeah, it comes out the bottom. Uh, but, er- <laughs> but early in the year when, you know, things were going well that month of June, I was rocking those still, you know, with a pair of boxes underneath, depending mm-hmm. on the day. Um, but I'll be honest, I haven't worn them in a very long time as things went downhill because I need to save them for the next postseason run. I think yeah. there's only one more good postseason run before they, you know, deteriorate to the point where it's more than just my dick falling out. Yeah, I just I just I I don't know. I, I wish that some of these things would actually work this year. I mean, we've tried everything. Even like I, I one of the things that I forgot to mention on a list of curses, the curse of June 28th, like no one like people have seemed to forgot about that. Like that's literally when. And the season went to shit. Was- I let me tell you, since I work at ninety eight five, I hear it every single fucking day. Do you really? So every single day, someone will come in and say, "Can we say it yet?" Oh, I so still get if those I hear Zoe say it one more fucking time. Yeah, I I definitely still get those tweets from like Yankee fans all the time. Like, can we say it? What about now? I feel like now is a good time to say it. Fuck well, off. I mean, we tried. We were just trying. You know, we were just trying to. 
was trying to give the, the fans a little something to look forward to, and it ended up being the day of the apocalypse. When people hey. look back on the season, that will be one of the biggest highlights people talk about. Yeah. Like that was June 27th was probably the last day that most of us had hope. Like I'm going to look at it right now. What's the Red Sox record since June 28th? Today is what? August 10th? The new date is October 6th. <laughs> is that when the season ends? That's when the Red Sox are back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Reds, oh my God. Out of 30 major league teams, where do you think the Red Sox rank win percentage wise since June 28th? Last 29th. Pat? 30th. Jake? 27th. 29th. Bam. Good job, oh, Mr. Baseball. They have the worst record in the American League. Only the Nationals have been worse. Since June 28th, the Red Sox are 12 and 26. <laughs> they are 12 and 26. A 316 winning percentage. Only the Nationals have been worse at 9 and 28. Yeah. I mean, the Yankees are 17 and 21 since June 28th. So they can, they can make fun of June 28th all they want, but you guys suck too. Fuck you. Peak it's kind of like a, yeah, it's like in GoldenEye when you, when you do like the, the mines on the wall and you just, you kill yourself to, to kill the person. That's what June 28th did. It, <laughs> everyone had to die. It just is what it is. The Red Sox didn't have the team to win the World Series. The Yankees seemed like they did. Guess what? Now we're both dead. And that's where we're at. <clears throat> Go Mets. How about go coffee? You a coffee guy, Pete? Absolutely. Yeah. What kind of coffee you drink? Are you a hot coffee guy or are you a cold coffee guy? Depends. Depends on the day. Depends on the situation. Usually a hot coffee guy, but uh, guy can be convinced to do an iced coffee. Mm. Yeah, we got to get you hooked up with trade. Yeah, um, please do. I'm a big, big coffee guy. Yeah. So the whole thing about trade, right? You fill out a little survey and they're like, Hey, if you're a coffee guy, you're probably not drinking the coffee that would best fit your your vibe. Like, what do you, what kind of flavors do you like? What what, what kind of taste are you going for? You fill out this little survey, and they're like, boom, we just searched the entire world for the coffee that it's like a fingerprint. I've 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 found my coffee because of trade. I want Pete to find his coffee because of of trade. It's expert tasted coffee. Trades coffee team actually taste test thousands, not hundreds, thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every single day. There's no one, uh, there's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you. And Trades human powered algorithm will find it. How confident? I'm glad you asked. They actually have a first match guarantee. A first match guarantee. Imagine, imagine going on like Bumble and then the first person that pops up, you just match and it's like, oh, I, let's get married. That's what trade is. And trade is so confident that they'll match you right on the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work directly with you 
to send you a brand new bag for free. For free. That's a guarantee. That's that's exactly what a guarantee is. Like, oh, we were wrong once out of a billion times. Okay. We're gonna send an expert to like call you up and be like, hey, let's let's find that coffee because it's out there and we're sending it to you for zero dollars. Trade coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters, small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to sustainably source the greatest beans from around the world. Whether your friends call you a coffee... Say, people call you a coffee snob at all, Pete? No. no. You're just coffee I just, guy, Pete. I just re- I'm a coffee enthusiast. I don't, I don't poo-poo okay. on anybody else's coffee, but I, 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 like, I like mine. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. So whether your friends call you a coffee snob or not, or you just know when it tastes incredibly perfect, Trade's real coffee experts personally test t- taste test over 450 roasts. So they know exactly what to recommend for you. Because the truth is, what I like and what you like could be totally different. That's right. That's right. You will like a selection of specific coffees that are different from anyone else's taste. Just like anything else, really. Just Thank answer a couple of questions. And you'll get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like. No gimmicks. Trade delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans or ground for however you brew it at home, and they guarantee that you'll love it on your first order or they will replace it for free. Trade has delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee with more than 750,000 positive reviews. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order, plus you get free shipping with that as well. When you go to drinktrade.com slash Jared, J-A-R-E-D, that's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. A lot of free action going on right now with Trade. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash Jared and let Trade find you a coffee that you'll love. That is drinktrade.com slash Jared for $30 off plus free shipping. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chilling by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Um. I feel like we, no one really gives a fuck about uh, the games here. Like, is there anything? Is there anything that stood out game wise? I mean, the Red Sox scored nine, uh, seven runs in, the, in this first game here. Uh, no one gives a shit. Rich Hill, where are we at on Rich Hill? Four innings, seven hits, four earned. I know a lot of people. I saw a lot of tweets about Rich Hill saying uh, it's time to become a family man. To Rich Hill, which I thought was mean. Fair. He's a fa- he is a family man, even though he his his occupation is throwing major league baseballs. Um, Pat, what what were you out on Rich Hill? Well, um, <clears throat> thought you were gonna ask him where he's at on being a family man. Pat, where you out on? What's the deal with Sandra? Are you guys back together? Because she's not answering my texts anymore. Ooh. Listen, I can neither confirm nor deny. My, Whoa, uh, Pat. Cr- my current uh pat yeah be open like me and sandra had a good thing going for a little bit like as as friends friends. Mm -hmm. and like 
it just seems to me like there's been a little bit of distancing between us. And I noticed that the more distance there is between me and Sandra, uh, you guys have been together like every day. And it's, it's just not what I'm used to. So, I mean, if you guys are back together, just like let me know because like, I, I don't know. I just, I kind of just miss, I just miss my friend. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, we'll have a, have a conversation with Sandra. It sounds like something I, she won't. you two should talk. <laughs> sounds like you two should talk. <laughs> I asked All Pat right. to hang out this week. Well, not wow, like, did not you actually really? hang out Whoa. this week. I asked him to hang out at a later date this week. Got it. And okay. said no. What? Hold, can you hold, give some context, <laughs> Pete? Damn it! He he initially said yes, and then he checked his calendar, and he said, and then he said no. Well, did you give him like one specific date instead of a <clears> range <throat> of dates? I asked him if he wanted to go to Austin with me because I didn't realize that he was a West Virginia guy, and uh, the Texas Longhorns are playing West Virginia uh-huh. October first. And I was like, Patrick, would you like to go? And he said, Hell yeah! I mean. Five minutes later, he said, "Fuck, I can't." You didn't think that I would want to go. I, I mean, me? if we were locking it, if we were locking it in, I would have absolutely been like, "Yeah, we should make this a podcast trip." Oh, so you'll only go if we all go? You like you? That's the only way that you want me there. No, you you want to go? <laughs> no. Okay, I didn't think. so. When is it? October first. Yeah, it's playoffs, dude. <laughs> what the Playoffs. fuck did you just laugh about, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> it's the off season for the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> Statistically, no, it's not yet. Correct. Yeah, not yet October sixth. They can still get in. Oh, it's October sixth. Is the last regular season game? Jake, the Red Sox mathematically eliminated from the playoffs right now, as of today. Not even close. Not even fucking close, Pat. Not even close. Oh, it's really close. <laughs> That's why I can't commit to this trip to Austin on October 1st is because I could be gearing up for a Red Sox playoff run. I don't know the answer to that right now. That Sigh again. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that is what I said. You probably couldn't hear me over Pat's sighing. Um, <laughs> But it's still on the table. Not even <laughs> close, Jake said. So, um, what were we talking about before that? Rich Hill. Rich Hill! Uh, Tyler, I feel like you'll have a, a sound opinion on, on Rich Hill and the Boston Red Sox. I mean, at this point, it doesn't even fucking... Like, like, people are like, yeah, Rich Hill needs to retire. Okay, so Rich Hill retires. Now what? <laughs> you don't have enough pitchers. Like, it just is what it is. Like... Rich Hill, he's going to go pitch in the bullpen. I appreciate him saying he'll do that, you know, for this weekend because they have no other arms. Uh, so whatever, we'll see if 88 plays up there. I'm guessing it probably won't. Um, 10, what? He has a 1069 ERA since coming off the IL. He is what he is. He's finishing out his career. It's great. Last year in Boston, whatever it may be. Um, <laughs> you could have traded, you know, do I wish they made a deal? There were a couple teams interested in him. I don't really carry the way because it would have been worthless. You wouldn't have got anything specific and you need someone to eat innings. So whatever. Let the old veteran spend some time around the young pitchers. It doesn't really matter at this point. On the bright side, Christian Arroyo. Mm-hmm. Very excited about Christian Arroyo. 225 weighted runs created plus since coming off the IL. 
this year now has a higher OPS plus than he did last season. Yeah. I've been trying to tell that. If he obviously needs to stay healthy, that's the big thing, but there's not much going right right now, but I'll be part of the Christian Arroyo fan club and rooting for that over the last two months. Welcome. I've been trying to put people on a Christian Arroyo for a long time. I've been a Christian Arroyo fan slash believer for two plus years now. Uh, Great guy, great clubhouse guy, uh, works hard, cares. That's something that you can't, that's an intangible that you can't just buy. Uh, some guys give a fuck. Some guys are just naturally gifted. And Christian Arroyo is both. So, yeah, he's been, uh, he's been doing really well. Happy to see that. I wish I could celebrate it more. I mean, like, a lot of it is just like, all right, yeah, like you have this opinion about Rich Hill. All right, get him off the team. All right, he's off the team. Now what? Uh, Christian Arroyo is doing really well. Okay, great. Well, like, what has that done? The Red Sox lose every fucking game. Um, but it is, it is, uh, you know, worthy of being pointed out that he's, he's performing well, which in the end, he on a much lesser scale had Chris Sale syndrome. He just kept getting fucking hurt or things kept happening that were wildly out of his control. Like the past two years, like he got hit on the hand with a pitch. He had fucking COVID like 17 times. Like there were, there were a bunch of things that happened to Christian Arroyo. They're just, it's not like a poor work ethic. Like he wasn't conditioned Sports well enough. Space. Yeah, it's like I mean, pretty much any of the time that he's missed, it's it's not necessarily at all really been his fault. But when he's been healthy and he's gotten consistent playing time, you've seen what he's capable of. So I, uh, I get I get why Trevor's story was signed, but part of me will always wonder like what. What does a full Christian Arroyo healthy season look like? I am curious to see what that looks like, but we're probably not going to get to see that. Anyways, uh, Pete, what, uh, how many games are you up to right now? Uh, this was 11. So what's we'll the goal get to 12 or 13 this weekend? Uh, the goal is 30. That's not going to happen. I know that that's the goal, but what's like the realistic goal? The, the, the adjusted goal, uh, yeah. the scale 20. sliding adjusted goal is 20. Okay. Are you going to go on Sunday? Uh, not Sunday. I'll be in Portland on Sunday. What the uh, fuck, dude? I'm going, I'm going Saturday. I know. I, I wanted I to go care. Sunday. I wanted to go Sunday to see the first pitch. I'm devastated that I'm going to miss that. But I'm You know what's really that. weird is, so I've known about this first pitch for a long time, and I didn't. I didn't, I'm not saying I don't care, but like it didn't like I wasn't nervous at all for it. And then when I tweeted it today and saw what the response was, it made me really nervous. <laughs> well, like in terms of people being excited for you or being like, you oh, Lynn tweeted, yeah, Fred Lynn tweeted me. Rod Carew liked the tweet uh, like people pe- like I, I mean, I, I've been incredibly fortunate uh and lucky with all the cool shit that i've been able to do in my life so when i got told about this i was like oh sick cool 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 and like i'm so fucking busy every day that like i'm just always thinking about the next task that i have to perform and i always knew that the first pitch was like down the line now it's this weekend and i mean i I don't like at first i was definitely it didn't register like how how i guess I don't want to say it's like a huge deal, but like 
growing up as a Red Sox fan, like a diehard Red Sox fan, like throwing out the first pitch at Fenway is pretty fucking cool. And that's going to happen. And when I tweeted it out and I thought, I don't know, I, I thought the tweet was going to get like 500 likes. It, it was not like 20,000. Like people were like amped about this. And it made me way, not even, I can't even say way more nervous because I wasn't nervous at all. At all. Now I'm very nervous. Like now, like all the tweets being like, well, don't fuck up. Like it's got to be a strike. You better, don't do it in front of the mound. You got to get on the mound. If you get on the mound, you better fucking throw it hard. <laughs> you better light up the radar gun. And uh, I mean, I'll be honest. Like people, people were asking like, do you have anything like crazy planned for it? Like, are you going to do anything like wacky to try and like go viral? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't think like, I'm not Steve Aoki. I can't just like be a huge famous musical artist and like fire it to the fucking press box and just leave. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, you're not going to ban Steve Aoki from Fenway Park. Like, I can't like if, 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 and I won't, I won't do this. Red Sox, if you're listening. Uh, if I did do anything to go viral, uh, I would be the first person to throw out a first pitch that just fucking fires the ball into the Yankees dugout. Just see what they do. <laughs> like what? What if they just were like, "All right, let's see what this asshole is gonna, like." This this is the guy that's been like talking shit about us for years on Twitter. All right, let's see what kind of army's got. And then next thing you know, it's like it's fucking coming right at your face. I would do something like that. If I knew that I could get away with it, but I can't, so I won't do that. What you Instead, should do. What should I do? Uh, my suggestion would be to fire a strike right down the middle and then do the Derek Lowe suck my dick chop right at the Yankees mm-hmm. dugout. I'm going to do something at the Yankees dugout because Donaldson, uh, Donaldson and, and I believe Benny, I talked to Donaldson about it. I have not talked to Benny about it, but he, he sees my Instagram stories. Uh, so Donaldson's aware of it. And he wants some sort of involvement with it. I don't know. We haven't planned anything. Um, but I did. I did today text who I wanted to catch the first pitch. Um, it was my first pick. What, Tyler? Can we have a hint? I mean... It's it's like people the people that were like people were like oh is it David Ortiz is it it's not like a special guest that they're flying in to catch I, my first I think pitch. I know who it is yeah it's is not it, it's not is it that like, person's natural gonna, position it's not Jason Veritek oh, I got okay. I, yeah. I would say ninety percent of the guesses were Jason Veritek okay. not Jason Veritek <laughs> but like basically how I propose this to who's catching the first pitch and this could maybe give it i don't it doesn't even have to be a surprise i just like that people want to know uh when i texted this individual i said hey i'm throwing out the first pitch on sunday and this is my first time ever doing it it's a big sentimental moment for me and there's no one else that i would rather have catch this first pitch than you and oh, said, Steve. It's it's Wally. <laughs> it's Wally. Wally. Wally's gonna crouch down Hell and yeah. catch the first pitch. I uh, thought it would be very funny if you had Steve Steve try to catch it and you just fucking slung it in there as fast as you can. Like Steve does having not Steve have an embarrass him, bone in his th- body. But that's what I'm saying. Having Steve embarrass himself on your first pitch would be unbelievable. 
but it would fall on me. Like if no, I threw if a, it was a, a strike, strike right down the middle and it if hit I threw him in the a chest, strike that'd be the right best down the case middle scenario. and it went to the backstop, like everyone would be like, oh, sick pitch, dude. Be like, no, 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 that's Steve not being able to catch a baseball. No, I don't want it to go to the backstop. I just wanted to cave Steve's <laughs> chest in complete whiff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like Steve got cut from like the freshman baseball. Like I'm not, I can't have him behind the dish on that one. Um, Pat, what is it? What is it with? I've I've thrown a baseball five million times, and why am I why am I nervous to do something that I have perfectly executed so many times? Like why is this? Like why am I in my head about this right now? Because there's a tremendous amount of eyeballs on you. Yeah. And you know if you fuck up before <laughs> you even get back to your phone, it is going bananas. Yeah. I almost so, like I have to like it's a big if I throw a it's a lose lose. It's a lose lose. If I throw a strike, everyone be like, oh, whoop de fucking do. But if I fuck it up, I will have to leave town. Mm-hmm. The funniest part about this is that like literally on my other screen right now, it's just there's like four videos of Pat airmailing the intentional walk on my tweet deck timeline because people just keep responding to my Darwin's and Hernandez tweet with that video. I'm literally <laughs> listening to Pat talk about the pressure of so many eyeballs on you and I just look a foot to the right and it's him sailing it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even mean to go there with you, Pat. Uh, but there it's I don't know. I mean, I, I have thrown a baseball thousands of times and that's all this is. Anytime you get put in front of a large group of people and do something that is perceived to be extraordinarily easy. It just makes things way tougher because people now like even when I was playing baseball, like even when I was in the big leagues, like if the overthrow, right? That's embarrassing, no doubt, but it's embarrassing because I'm a major league baseball player and I should be this, this, that particular stuff should be easy all the time. You're about to go do something that almost 90% of the population can probably all do. Uh-huh. We all can throw the ball 60 feet uh, and, you know, throw it to the guy over there. Like, so you are doing like everyone on Twitter pretty much <laughs> can make fun of you for fucking this up because you can do it. Mm-hmm. Like they can do it. Like you know, you know when I when when people want to give me shit about my statistics, and I just I clap back and be like, all right, hold on, I'm just go look up at yours, and uh, they're not fucking there because that's because you never played in the fucking big leagues. But like this, everyone be like, yeah, I can do that. So it just it just adds pressure when something's supposed to be easy. If you're about to go up there and they're like, all right, Jared, do six somersaults in a row. That's fucking difficult. You're not that nervous. No way you're, you're going you're gonna to execute this. Yeah. But because you're supposed to just throw the ball to home plate, that makes it way more, way tougher. <laughs> I think the fact that it's the Yankees too, like it's, it's not the crowd that's in my head. It's that I have talked so much shit about all of you being able to do really difficult things. And I'm trying to do a pretty easy thing right now. So if I fuck this up, I have to leave town. I have to delete my account. I got to leave town. Like it's, there's a lot of pressure. Have you been practicing? I'm not talking about. No. 
Yeah, you shouldn't have to practice throwing the ball 60 feet. But <laughs> the I'm not talking about the crowd at Fenway. To be quite frank with you, the, no one's really going to be paying attention. Uh, right. Like it's the it's first Twitter's gonna be. It's not about the crowd there. Yes. It's about who's taking a yes. video and it's gonna it's go the on Twitter. Twitter. Crowd. It, yes, I'm I'm throwing <laughs> the first pitch for Twitter. It's not for the yes. people that are there. Like yes, I can't. I've up. been to a million Red Sox games. I can't remember first pitches. Like no, no one cares. I don't remember any. Like I remember the Steve Aoki one because he literally threw it over the backstop. Like you remember that one, yep. but. <laughs> this is this is literally just for Twitter and a video that will live on forever. If I fuck this up or if I make fun of someone that can't hit the strike zone, that video will get tweeted at me until the day that I die. So you bet you bet your ass. Yeah. That so there's is something there's were to pressure. go wrong for you, Jared, in mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. You bet your ass I'm on the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, there will be no podcast. I'm retiring. <laughs> The yeah, positive here, though, the positive here, though, is that if you do fuck it up and if you do chunk it, you have you have a you can ask Sydney Sweeney for help. You got that lifeline. Ooh, like, yo, that's I true. Just, mm. I could use some lessons. Mm. I'll tell you what, though. I'm going to give you the scouting report. If I fuck this up, it's not because I'm one hopping it. It's because I'm airmailing it like wherever it if I miss. It's going to hit the invisible right-handed batter in the face. Mm-hmm. That's where it's going to yep. miss. It's going to be up and to the right. 100%. Everyone, everyone that misses on first pitches because they're nervous. So they don't move their arm fast enough as they usually would do. They leave their arm behind and then they just airmails it off the right side, arm side. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like I'm not going to like, I'm not going to throw it as hard as I can because the person that's catching is not wearing gear and they, they need yeah. to be healthy for the game. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to put a little zip. Like it's not going to be, it's not going to be a lollipop. Like it's going to be a, a straight line. I'm not bringing out the radar gun for this, but I think if I take a little bit off and I just play catch, I think it's going to be a strike. <laughs> I think it's going to be a strike. I think it's going to be a strike and just play catch. But that like, that's why it's a lose lose is because let's just say it's a strike, but I like clearly didn't throw it as hard as I possibly could. Then everyone's gonna be like, Oh, you fucking pushed out. Like, you know, you're supposed to be the rocket. and You didn't fucking throw it as hard as you could. Like, yeah, no shit. I didn't throw it as hard as I could. Yeah. You can't, if you throw as hard as you, if you throw as hard as you can and it's not 95, they're going to make funny for that too. You, you can't, you're not getting out of this without getting made fun of. That's, that's right. for sure. Right. That's why that's why it's almost worth it to just be like, I'm going to throw it over the fucking Fenway Park sign. <laughs> like I, from the yeah. mound, I bet you I could throw it out of the, the ballpark. It's a lot further than you think. Yeah. That, that's have you crazy. tried? Have I tried? Yeah. No, it's actually not really. Well, it's kind of frowned upon to be a baseball player and try to, to throw out your arm. Um, right. But. It's just it's just further than you anticipate. If you're going to go the shortest part of the park, which is probably what the monster, you have to get that really fucking high, and then you're looking about what uh, the uh, right field line. That that's not that close. Did like, you just it's, say it's you not could throw the ball over the wall that, from the mound? I'm saying distance wise, you're probably the the monster's probably closest to you on the mound. Right, but you'd have to just the height you'd have to have in order to get it. Over. I I'm confident that I could probably get it out over the monster, but I don't think Jared oh. could do it. 
Yeah, I was. Yeah, wait, I was more. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was trying to look for confirmation that that's hold what on. he said because that's preposterous. No, 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 no. Where the press box is, I'm saying from the mound, the behind home over plate the press box. Oh, maybe I don't know. I maybe I'd have to see it in person. That, yeah, it's a lot further than you think. I think for, I think I could throw it over the monster from like the outfield. Easy. Oh, yeah, if you're in left field, I'm, I believe you could too. Yeah, but the Johnny monster's Damon not as did. tall. Yeah, the monster's not as tall as as the press box is. To it's get thirty. It over yeah, that. it's thirty-seven feet high. <laughs> the monster or the press box? The monster. Okay. Yeah, the press box is taller. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Having to throw it over, over that, I don't. You, you don't. I don't think you could do it. Yeah, I don't think no, I could. That's I take all. I'm not even confident I could do that. I don't want to die on it. <laughs> this is this is very much uh, Napoleon Dynamite. I could throw the football. Yeah. Reference. I yeah, but that's 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 what's gonna happen. Is I'm going to throw like a 50 mile an hour strike right down the middle, and everyone's gonna be like, "You're a pussy for not throwing it as hard as you can." And I can live with that. I would much rather be a pussy for not throwing it as hard as I possibly can at this person during a, a ceremonial first pitch than try to throw it as hard as I can and fucking smoke a photographer that's behind home plate. The good news is that we already know that you top out at 68. I top out at 82. Um, that's not what the radar gun said when you tested your speed a few years ago. When we were hung over at Foxwoods at like mm-hmm. 10 in the morning after a night of drinking until 4 a.m. Yes, that's what I threw. But against Alex Bregman, 82. Mm-hmm. The ball that he, the pitch that he hit into the free parking was 82 miles an hour. So with that adrenaline, I'm thinking like facing Alex Bregman with all that adrenaline, 82. If, if I was, if they said, Hey, we've got fucking, uh, fucking Reese grease stick behind the plate. He's got all his gear on. We want you like, we think it would be funny if you threw it as hard as you could. Like he's wearing his gear, like just do it. What could I get on the gun? I could probably hit eight low 80s with the adrenaline of like, hey, everyone's watching. But obviously, that's not going to happen. So I'm nervous. I don't get nervous. I don't get nervous anymore. Like that part of me died. Like once I uh, even like doing like the, the podcast with David Ortiz, like going to this dude's house, sitting down interviewing him for an hour and 46 minutes like this dude is like a legend he's my hero like i was not as nervous for that as i will be for this which is crazy (laughs) um pat do you think i'm gonna throw a strike yes i do tyler i actually am gonna go yes pete i also think yeah Jake. I mean, I'm going to be filming it, so I might be in that spot that where if you <laughs> release it early, I might get drilled. So I hope so. Ooh, the old George and Andre. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you think you're going to be behind the catcher? That's where they told me to be. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess we're going to find out on Sunday night. I mean, we have one more podcast before that anyway. So. It's going to be something. It's going to be something. And so is Freshly. Freshly is something too. 
Jake, you out freshly tonight for dinner? Yeah, I had two of them. Yeah, I know you did. Because it's food that's fast that doesn't have to be fast food. You follow that? It's not fast food. When you think of fast food, you're like, oh, that's not nutritional. But freshly is fast and it's not fast food. Try and keep up. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work. Their meals are designed by nutritionists, cooked by chefs, then delivered fresh. Other meal deliveries need to be prepped and cooked, but Freshly is ready to eat in just three minutes. That's why Jake could have two. No one wants to spend an hour cooking dinner after a rough day at work or an infuriating commute. At the end of a long day, takeout doesn't have to be your only option for an easy dinner. Whether it's for you or your whole family, Freshly gives you convenience, flavor, and nutrition. That's why I started using Freshly. I know Jake's been a Freshly guy, but I hopped on the Freshly train this year. And it's made my life a whole lot easier because I am really busy. And I don't have time to order meals or cook them myself. I haven't really even used my kitchen at all. It's a really nice kitchen. Thanks to Freshly for that. Get delicious chef-made nutrient-packed meals delivered straight to your door. I'm good for one hiccup of podcast. No cooking required. Fresh, never frozen, ready to heat, and enjoy in just three minutes. Use the Freshly website or their app to find meals that fit your lifestyle with plans that work for your dietary needs, preferences, tastes, and family size. Choose from over 50 nutritionist-designed entrees like their classic steak peppercorn, multi-serve sides like their masterful mac and cheese or their new line of plant-based meals. Skip the grocery shopping and dirty dishes. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every single week. New meals are added weekly, so you're never stuck eating the same thing over and over. Stop stressing about dinner. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $125 off your first five orders when you go to Freshly.com slash Boston. That's $125 off at Freshly.com slash Boston. I would say that's a pretty good deal if you're uh, looking to get into the Freshly game to take a nice little chunk off that. $125. What a deal. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Um, actually, you know what? Thank God that we've got this new sponsor. I think it might help me for my first pitch. CBDMD. We got a new sponsor. It's a late season call-up, if you will. CBDMD, the leaders in hemp-based CBD and Delta 9 THC products. These guys have everything that you need to straight up feel better. And their latest breakthrough is Delta 9 THC. These sneaky innovators found a way to get these Delta 9 THC products shipped directly to your door. Some restrictions may apply because, of course, they do. So check your local laws before purchasing. But I'm telling you, Stuff is the real deal. They've got gummies packed with 10 milligrams of THC, perfect for winding down after watching the Red Sox blow yet another lead, or maybe even a lead that they never even had. They're just blowing the game in general. 10 milligrams, does that sound like a lot to you? Because CBDMD has you covered with their microdose soft gels with just one milligram of THC. These little guys pack a punch that's perfect for all day support 
whenever and wherever you need it the most. Don't get caught up in the technicalities. This is the same THC that you've come to know and love over the years, just extracted from hemp. I love them. Pete, are you a gummy guy? I am. I feel like you would be. Big time. You've been a gummy guy. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like like that's probably the move for the first pitch. To learn more about Delta 9 and everything else CBDMD has to offer, just head to CBDMD.com. Once again, that is CBDMD.com for information, education, and the best damn gummies that you've ever had. You must be 21 years or older to purchase Delta 9. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Um, all right. Was there anything really... That we needed to hit out. Like, we have to do the stop and shop look ahead for the one game tomorrow. We haven't hit on Chris Sale. Oh, my God. Tyler, how did this happen? I don't know. I, I was starting. I got a little nervous. I, I thought you were going to start to wrap up here. I was going to have to. I, I, think, I think it's because, I mean, that happened, what, early Tuesday? Yeah. We did the pod when? Sunday night? You got, Monday? Yeah, you guys last recorded Sunday. Jesus. I mean, that, that story already feels ancient to me, mostly because I think I, my brain's natural defense mechanism against bad things, I seem to push them out pretty quickly. Um, I think Hello, where I want to start, because everyone knows what happened. Everyone knows oh, the no. story. Chris Hale fell off his bicycle and broke his wrist. And needed season-ending surgery. And if you believe the Red Sox, they told you... Did they say that Chris Sale was already throwing? So, he was at BC and already starting to throw again. How? He was ready. Like, <laughs> apparently, from what he the Red Sox said, the ball was coming out finger. well. He broke his finger and was in a cast and got surgery. And that was, what, two weeks ago? A little more Three? than that. That was longer point. than two weeks ago, yeah, right? Yeah. We were in LA. That does not feel like that long ago. That was like what? Fucking. I'll tell you right now. That was... It has to be about three weeks because tomorrow is the one month anniversary of Strom and Story going down. The one month anniversary. <laughs> I totally forgot <laughs> that Matt Strom was on this team. I think everybody has. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Chris Sale falls off his bike, breaks his wrist. It's his right wrist, correct, Tyler? Correct. Correct. Right wrist. So Tony brought this up because Tony, shocker, does not believe the story. He's like, there's got to be more than this than what we're being told. A lot of tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists on the internet that there's no way that Chris Sale broke his wrist falling off a bicycle. To that, I say, look at the details here. If, If Chris Sale broke his uh left wrist his dominant hand i'd be like all right maybe he punched something like maybe he got really he's obviously we saw the the freak out in worcester and he's smashing tvs and he's ripping tvs off the wall like he could be a punch the wall type guy 
Uh, I'm not saying it's impossible to throw a punch with your other hand. Of course you can. Uh, it just seems to me like he would have done that with his dominant hand. <laughs> uh, and if, if, if there was enough force to be applied to break your wrist, then it maybe it would have been with your dominant hand, your stronger hand. Um, how many of you, if any of you, do not believe the story that we're being told about Chris Sale getting injured? I, I believe it. It's just so such a weird thing to make up. Like, I feel like making up a story about him falling off a bike begs way more questions than you would want for trying to cover something up. Mm. Like the way I looked at it was if it had happened in another way where it was like really self-inflicted, like punching a wall or doing something like that. I think then you really would have those conversations of like trying to get out of the money or, you know, is this some kind of void in the contract? Like riding a bicycle, it's a freak incident. And I thought Will Middlebrooks did a really good job kind of explaining like the perspective on that. If you're a big league ball player and comparing even just how different it is to the Fernando Tati situation when he, you know, got hurt on the motorcycle and everything. I did think it was interesting, though, that Bloom made the point to emphasize, and he didn't have to, that he believed Chris Sale was going to pitch again this year. And that they, you know, Brad Pearson thought the same thing, and he'd be back, you know, a lot sooner than I think a lot of people originally thought. Pat, do you believe it? That's a, that. Uh, no, I don't believe it. Uh, it. Nine times out of ten, they're lying to you, so... Uh, I can tell you that from the inside. They're, they're no, they never tell you the truth. So uh, I don't believe it. And I'm not sure the Red Sox know the real story. So mm. I, think this, I think more than likely the bike story was fed to them. Uh, it could be the real case. I'm just speculating. But uh, anytime someone gets hurt outside of the field, you're never getting the real story. I could and see he's that. not riding a bike riding, right around JetBlue. So, uh, you know, you're they're so careful with guys like that at, at the at the field. Uh, you're not you're, you're not doing anything that could theoretically hurt yourself there, really. I mean, Chris Sale is certainly probably a guy that can get away with doing other stuff without, you know, you know, trainers down there and the GCL if the GCL even exists anymore. I don't know, but trainers down there don't they can't tell Chris what to do. But um, it seems as though it was a, away from the field, and anytime it's away from the field, it's just. It, 99% of the time, it is something he sh- should not have been doing. Can you recall a time where uh, maybe it was a teammate, maybe it wasn't, <clears throat> someone got hurt, you saw the story that came out publicly and you were like, I know that's not what happened. Um, there's been times where I can recall stuff like that. I can't recall a specific one off the top of my head, but I can certainly, um, I know of, of, there's just so many dirty little secrets in baseball as far as, <laughs> as keeping things secret. So, and I know, Jerry's just had baseball. yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. So like, I certainly think I've seen things covered up in a, in a much more aggressive fashion. Um and for minor leaguers, uh, so you know, it just I I can recall cover ups. I can't re- necessarily recall. I can also recall doing things that 
no one got hurt, unfortunately. Fortunately, not unfortunately, fortunately. Uh, but uh, if someone did, we certainly get, weren't going to feed them the story that you know me and Mookie were at the at the um, whatever the the Planet Fitness or no LA Fitness down in in, in Florida playing pickup basketball after after the day's workouts with mm-hmm. a bunch of random strangers. We're not going to feed that story. Mm-hmm. If if Mookie were to get hurt, we're going to come back and say he was riding his bike trying to get in get better shape. <laughs> so, you know, it just I, you also Chris Hill doesn't seem like a bike guy. I don't know, maybe that's just me, but uh, no, I can't recall. If he's a bike guy. He's one of those like tall bicycles, you know, like the bicentennial yeah. bicycles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah, one I, giant I, wheel and small wheel in the back. That's Chris Hill bike. Yeah, the only thing I can I can certainly recall is a pretty aggressive cover up, uh, but I can't I can, I just can't talk about that. That's just not a. I don't remember what came out publicly later on, and I just I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. What does what does it have to do with? I don't want to say that. I'll tell you <laughs> off, the, off the show. Okay, I I, I will say it, so. After all this happened, I kind of dove down into Chris Sale's injury history, and it did remind me of that story from 2015 where he got hurt like emptying out a truck or something like he was moving or taking something and he injured his foot. I think he pretty much missed his first start. And everyone at that time thought that story was really fishy too. That uh, he was like, I had done it a thousand times lifting stuff, taking out of a truck. And this time it just, it gave out on me. I, I remember hearing a story about Chris back in the day that he like bought a house down in Florida and like just fucking one night decided that, he, I don't know if he was going to get work done on the house or what have you. I don't really know. But I remember hearing a story of he just fucking just bought like $2,000 with fireworks and just lit them up in the house. <laughs> what? <laughs> Holy like, shit. That's the, and whether that is an exaggeration or not, just the fact that that story is being told, I'm sure part of it's true at least. Yeah. The guy the guy is, a, is an animal. I mean, that's one of the reasons he's so good at what he does or when, when he was healthy, why he was mm-hmm. so fucking good. So I don't blame him. I still love that about him. Uh, but, you know... <laughs> say like they're just nothing nothing the public gets is real like you, mm-hmm. you guys get all spoon-fed pr bullshit especially with a guy like chris sale uh so it's just no he wasn't probably wasn't riding his bike <laughs> he wasn't on a mongoose out in the wilderness <laughs> doing tricks you know it's just not what was happening <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean i guess i guess uh i guess we'll never know or maybe I don't know. Ten years from now, if we're still doing the show and we get Chris Sale on, be like, all right. So, we're, what really happened, Bike? Then he'd be like, all right, here's the story. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was playing basketball. I went up, went up for a dunk. Someone undercut me. I landed on my wrists and I broke wrist my wrist that way. That's a realistic story. I've seen that happen. When when professional athletes fall off a bike that is three feet off the ground, they don't typically break wrists. Yeah, I guess. It's, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it's not fishy. Call me naive yeah. or uh, I'm too innocent to, to believe that I'm, I'm not being told the truth here. But I broke my wrist on a jungle gym once. See? What that happens? Age? I was probably like 25. seven or eight. <laughs> yeah. It was like last <laughs> week. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and also I will tell you, like I said, I just also want to double down that the Red Sox might not have the real story. Yeah, no, so that's like, that's it, also there, true. I mean, we Chris Sale because has there is already stuff. He's already lied about a story as a Red Sox. 
like the I mean, we knew that it was a lie at the time, but in the 2018 playoffs, when he said I I pierced my belly button and got it got infected, it was really like something. What was it like a stomach ulcer or something like that? Yeah, it was something like that. And and then this we had the whole weird thing that happened. I know Shaughnessy has his own version of why, you know, Sale ended up missing some time this year while he was coming back from the fractured rib. There was some kind of family medical thing that never came to light that nobody ever talked about either. So, like, I don't know. And I think, Pat, to what you were saying, Bloom said that Brad Pearson got the call from Chris Sale saying something had happened. Exactly. you like Pat is saying, and I'll admit the way you're describing it, Pat has me heavily reconsidering. Um, anything could have been said, and then you know you just deal with it from that point. I mean, I mean, per, another good example. I I had to go on the Phantom DL when I was when I was uh, really bad at my my job uh, because they didn't want me out there, and like we had a discussion amongst my agent, me, and the team about what my injury was going to be. And then everyone thinks from the Seattle that the the new pro, new pitcher they got from the Pirates in AAA had his left toe dismember like you know it was dislocated. I was fine. <laughs> Nothing happened. <laughs> like I come in, and we're like, hey, by the way, Pat, your left toe got dislocated. We're, we're gonna put you on the Phantom. You've been really bad lately. Oh, okay, sounds good. <laughs> and that like will Pat get be able to get back and back to his old self after after rehab? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Still gonna suck. <laughs> Still gonna suck. Did you have to rehab from your phantom injury? No, I, I, I just, I just, I was just in the clubhouse, just not on the, just not being able to pitch. Like it was, it just we just everything. Just everyone hears a fake ass limp. Yeah. Did you yeah. work on your limp? Like, <laughs> no. luckily, there's not that much media down in AAA. Mm. Like the big league. Media outlets sometimes report on it, but they don't come down to check on the, <laughs> on the credibility of it. Yeah. Let me see that fucking toad. Dude. Uh, <laughs> Patrick, it appears that you're limping with the wrong leg, sir. <laughs> ah, oh, yes. Yeah. I stubbed the other toe. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Because I was dominant on that one. So you know how that works. Yeah. Yeah. I was favoring the other one a bit too much. <laughs> too mm. much. Or then if I they catch me without limp, they'll be like, wow, Pat's really recovering nicely. He might be able to get off the <laughs> Soon. What a warrior! <laughs> this Real grinder, like this guy. Yeah, <laughs> this is write that down about his mental makeup. Absolute warrior, <laughs> overcomes adversity. Just obviously puts in the work. <laughs> yes, this is a guy that just wants to be on the field. Pat oh, L. Man. Pat L. <clears throat> Pat L. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's uh. I guess that's talking Chris Sale on the bicycle incident. I I don't know. I, I kind of said all along. I last year the the whole theme was just hang in there until Chris Sale gets back. This year it was operate as if you're never gonna have him. And if you do, then it's just an added bonus. So hearing that he was out for the year after this, like it it wasn't I mean, first of all, it's if the Red Sox were in, in an actual hunt, that's much different. That story probably hits more differently. I think, if anything, the reaction to, to for me was um, just uh, great. Like, it's just one more thing to make us more of a laughing stock is, you know, you're losing all these games. You've traded your starting catcher, but you didn't go full sale to get under the luxury tax. 
And maybe Chris Sale will come back, but whoops, he fell off a bike. And that's kind of where you're at. Um, we get to look forward to James see. Paxson now. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> James Paxson. Uh-huh. The big maple. I, I can't wait. I can't wait for the big maple. It's going to be uh, Maple Day. You kidding me? So many people are going to show up. I actually can't wait to go to his Red Sox debut. Uh, did this tell. change at all? Let me just. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, it's a one game series against the Baltimore Orioles, a playoff team. Uh, it's going to be Let's Josh Lukowski nice. versus the fucking cream machine, Dean Creamer. I only like Hell yeah, brother. these guys from these uh, uh, creamer barely doing the stop and chop look at the cream machine. Um, yeah, I mean, if we really want to talk about Josh Winkowski, uh, I don't. <laughs> but yeah, the, the sheet that I had from before, like when we were going into the Brave series, the cream machine was not the projected starter. <clears throat> he's actually been really good this year or oh, good enough. He last year, I remember him cause he was so fucking bad. He had a seven fifty five ERA in 53 and two thirds innings this year, a three forty three ERA in 57 and two thirds innings, 43 strikeouts. So not a big strikeout guy, decent amount of traffic. 1.31, 1.32 whip. Um, hits per nine is 9.7. So he's still, still giving up some hits. Does not strike out a lot of guys. And he's pitching against Josh Winkowski. Um, She's saying Pete, the what do you got this is satisfactory. Yep. Okay. What's your prediction for this series, Pete? Uh, I'm going to predict a very bold sweep for the Red Sox. Wow. Red Sox sweep. Damn, dude. Huge series win for the boys. Damn, dude. Tyler? I really do want to pick the Red Sox, but I can't. Uh, I feel like the Red Sox are the complete opposite of the Orioles. The Orioles have all these great vibes. Everyone's so happy. Everything's coming together. It feels like the Red Sox, things are just getting darker. You are going to have, you know, Schreiber and Whit- or No, probably not Whitlock, but you'll have Schreiber. Okay. You, you have one bullpen arm to kind of get you through. I just think it feels like everything is trending toward the Orioles way. You know, they trade Jorge Lopez, Trey Mancini. They don't flinch. They just keep winning. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to continue to get ugly for the Red Sox. The thing is, though, they win the games you don't expect them to win. Uh, they might pull one off, but I'd be it feels more realistic. They somehow win a couple against the Yankees and then we're sitting here laughing at the Yankees, but still depressed. Would love that. Well, um, Jake, I don't know where you're going with this one. I think we're going to give out some ketchup tomorrow night. I got a sweet. Wow. Mm. All right. I think the Red Sox are going to lose. <laughs> um, Pat, did you pick? No. Pat, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with a Red Sox sweep. Uh, and 
and I have a little bit of a different take. Okay. I don't think they're going to win, <laughs> but Jared said something interesting last week where this would be the one time we, we win a, a series for the ALEs to be the most Red Sox thing of the year to have the yeah. one series that we win against an ALEs opponent to be a one game set. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think because that's so on brand for us this year, I think that is this, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. That. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to change my pick to stay consistent with that take. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox are going to win this game <laughs> and it will be the only series that they win against an ALE team this year. <laughs> it was a one game series the against the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> Absolutely love that. Yep. That's what's going to happen. Jake's takes. I just want to shout out Caleb Ort. He pitches like every game now and he also kind of sucks. So good for him. (laughs) I I will say the Red Sox organization truly does not give a fuck about him. Like they made him throw, what was it? Three innings in Houston. And they're just like, "Uh, whatever happens to your arm. Good luck to you. Yeah. Godspeed. He literally pitches every game. <laughs> How is he still doing it? He's not. He's getting lit up, but he's out there. I love the idea of just like workplace abuse, just sending the same guy out there every single night, being like, all right, buddy, get out there and throw your arm off. Don't you dare come back in here until that thing is dislocated, hanging on by a thread. All right. Well, uh, the good news is bonus pod tomorrow. Uh, It's a one game series against the Baltimore Orioles. And we'll be right here to fucking break down all the action right here. Name redacted podcast. Jake, Pete, Pat, Tyler and me right here tomorrow night. All the socks, all the action. (laughs) Download, rate, subscribe. If you know Red Sox fans. Fucking tell them about this podcast because we got all the X's and all the O's and all the hottest takes in Boston. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Buenas noches, amigos. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.